Welcome to 1989, inside the diary of a wannabe radio announcer. My name is Benjamin Wosley. You may remember me from my work as Giggling Ben on Hamish and Andy. Hang on, stop, stop, everybody, stop. I think, I think Giggling Ben went to play, <laughs> went to play a crowd. Or even Bad Boy Ben with the Vixen back in the 90s. It's the PMFM Top 30 with Bad Boy and the Vixen and joining us from the UK really early in the morning. It's Billy! Way before any of that, when I was 19 in 89, I moved from the seclusion of my bedroom at my parents' house in Adelaide all the way to the isolated Western Australian mining town of Caratha to start work as a radio announcer at a little station called 6KA. My godmother gave me a diary to write down every momentous occasion and I actually did it. And now, 30 years later, I'm going to find out how weird... Arrogant, lame, self-absorbed, dorky, inexperienced and closeted the 19-year-old version of me was. To hold my hand while we navigate almost 365 days worth of embarrassment and to call in my family, my friends, people that were there, people that have known me for nearly 30 years, strap yourselves in. It's going to be an embarrassing ride. I'm Benjamin Wosley. Welcome to 19 in 89. Welcome indeed. It's our 13th episode of 19-year-old me's 13th week of work. Oh, boogity boogity. Uh, which basically means this podcast is coming to you from beyond the grave. Although if I actually am dead by the time you hear us hear this, uh, that could be a total mind fuck. but I'm not angry about it. I can still give you the rundown on what was happening chart-wise this week in 1989. Musically, we welcome brand new debuts from Julian Lennon with Now You're in Heaven. Oh, it just gets spookier. And that's it. There were no other debuts that week, but we did have chart re-entries to the top 50 from Def Leppard and Poison because in 89, we apparently couldn't get enough of big metal hairbands encased in tight pantaloons with subtle eyeliner highlights and headbands. It was a total look. Talking about looks, for the ladies in 1989, popular colours were plums, golds, bright wines and animal prints. Feel like nothing's changed. And jackets went with everything, and some designers were actually trying to push for smaller shoulder pads. How very dare they? As for the fellas, we were all about Nike Air Jordans, Doc Martens, and rocking marble wash denim jackets and jeans. And if you're me, you were actually rotating between a three-pack of black, red, and white Jagmen t-shirts that came in a bonus Jagman branded plastic toiletries bag. So functional, so snazzy, so walking around like a lame, repetitive human billboard. Um, Coming up, I'm going to arrive at work for my shift one minute before I'm meant to be on air, mostly because I was more interested in getting lunch to stuff in my little piggy face, and I kind of lost track of time. House-sitting gets replaced by a return to an empty share house. Will teenage me cope with living alone? I also deliver my self-described best shift ever, whip up an old-fashioned Aussie classic for dinner, and I get dragged into a crisis meeting with management after Cindy demands I share her outrage over who is actually going to replace Glenn on air. Plus, there's a chance encounter with an actual celebrity, but it gets ruined by a washing machine that clearly hates me. Nah, I'm just forgetful. Once again, it's time to welcome another one of my besties. In fact, we've got two of my besties uh, helping me work through all of that palaver and more. Who is that? 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 Who is this? Who is that? It's Brendan Jonesy Jones and his wife, Helen. Hi. Hi, Ben. <laughs> now, we need to talk about you two sitting in your little office sharing one set of headphones, like you've got one at each, and you've pressed cheek to cheek to listen to this. I know. 
We haven't been like this since our wedding night. So that was... Funny, I was just thinking the same thing. Uh, this might escalate. I hope it does. It's going to get launchy. Yeah, Helen's going to give up and leave. Yep. Dummy spit any second now. Now, I think that we always have to start with how I met you two. And I met you when you were both boyfriend and girlfriend. Of course, you're like husband and wife now with children. Mm. Um, but yeah. what is your memory of meeting me back? It was 1990 you were in Caratha? Yeah, well, I got there first. So I was there uh, about a month before Helen. And I got there, uh, Nifty Nev McGrath picked me up from the airport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and as he picked me up for the airport, he said, BJ, because he wanted to call me BJ the oh. DJ. Oh, no. <laughs> and so we're in the car driving back and I'm just thinking, are we in a blast furnace when I got off the plane? Oh, it was like yeah. 50 degrees. He's going, mate, we like team players around here. As long as you're not as long as you're not a wanker, you'll be fine. Oh my god. And, uh, <laughs> Everyone's introduction to that place was traumatizing. <laughs> well, he ran me straight to the uh, radio station. I watched Mark Littler on air. Yep. And then he said, Well, let's go and meet the, the, the chaps. And then he dropped me off at the house on Pearl Way, or Peril Way as we used to call it. And you uh, you were there with Russ Bromfield. And you yeah. were wearing one of your Jag men shirts. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have a lot of clothes, guys. I remember I came along about a month or so later, Yeah, I think, and I went into this house and there's two strange guys I'd never met before and I'm sure I made a wonderful impression when I came out of the loo with my skirt tucked into the back of my underwear. (laughs) That's right. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. I know. I sincerely hope you had forgotten about that. Thanks for putting (laughs) it on a podcast. (laughs) That was my great first introduction. That that is such a huge thing back in uh, 1990 to actually leave Sydney and come all the way to Caratha just to be with your boyfriend. I know. It was scary. It was was crazy now I think about it. I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what any of us were doing. I'm still here. (laughs) And I distinctly remember the day that I met you, I said a quick hello and then I went out and they used to have all these little tiny little geckos running everywhere and one of them launched itself off the ceiling and landed on my back and I was like, oh, my God, there's there's a lizard on me and ran inside. But I think by the time I got inside, it had fallen off and I'm just going, oh, dude, dude, get some lizard on me, there's a lizard on me. And I had nothing (laughs) on me whatsoever, so I looked like a crazy man. (laughs) I remember thinking, you know, because I I hadn't met many of your kind before, meaning like... uh, metrosexual type jag men wearing shirts. Yeah, I would have stood out. <laughs> and, and it was kind of weird because all my friends when I was, they're all tradesmen and stuff like that. So <laughs> this was my first foray into a, I guess, a white collar job being a uh, radio announcer. And, yeah. you know, you and Russ, it was it was nice. It was just nice going into the house and, and seeing you guys. But the, I was just used to, uh, I guess, not as many sensitive people as yourselves at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I was an emotional mess. <laughs> All right, well, but a, but a likable one. Thank God. Well, sometimes I read this and wonder if I was at all. <laughs> um, I feel awful. I so want to take a photo of you two sharing one headphone. It looks so ridiculous. I <laughs> but I feel this like I should little... get stuck into this as soon as possible so that Helen doesn't lose her mind because she's like cringing a little smidge. Well, she she enjoyed. She yeah. said, "Well, I said, hey, let's be a part of uh, Benjamino's uh, podcast." He said, "I'll." Why do you get me into this shit? <laughs> and that's the Helen I know and love. 
because you know what I like about the I relationship. Never said that at all. The relationship <laughs> that you and Helen had, I, I used to be envious of it. You had quite a, you know, and Helen, you don't choose friends easily, do you? It takes you a while. Yes. Um, but you know, Ben and you were really, you know, really tight. And it was, it was, it, I was one was of the girls. <laughs> even I then, even when I didn't realise I was one of the girls, I was one of the girls. <laughs> 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 All right, should we get stuck into this? Yes, let's go. Let's read that diary. All right, this is uh, Sunday, April 2, and it was written at 11.34 p.m. Wow. Day before my birthday. Oh, really? Still, yes. it's still a year away from you getting. Do you remember what date you got to Caratha? Yeah, it was it was three days before Australia Day in um, in nineteen ninety. All right, well, I started. And this you one. know, the debate was sorry. At no, no, the time go. was Australia Day moving it away. They wanted to move it away from the weekends. Remember, in the old days it used to be on a Friday or a Monday, so you could have a long weekend. Yeah. And the big debate was, oh, how dare they put it in the middle of the week? How can we have a long weekend? And now we're. <laughs> complaining about exactly the same thing again. So so, so sad yeah, to like see that. Australia's been selfish the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Back so this you. this starts, wow, great gosh almighty. Oh, such a loser. I'm going to bed early. My shift today was from midday to 6 p.m. I didn't get up until 11 o'clock, showered, drove to the city and did some shopping, got some apples and bananas for lunch. Oh, I meant to press this button when there's food. Got some apples and bananas for lunch. <laughs> um, by the time I was walking back to the car, it was five to midday. I nearly shat myself. <laughs> I hopped in the car, got to the station at one minute to midday. Cindy was beginning to get slightly worried. I love that back in 89, if someone didn't turn up, you couldn't just send them an SMS or give them a phone no, call. No. <laughs> just had to wing it. Um Shift went fantastic. Bradley came down at about 1 o'clock and stayed till 5.30. Do you remember a guy called Bradley Brendan? No. Yeah. no who's Bradley? I've got no he idea. No. Nah. <laughs> I think I either I had a, a semi-crush on him or yeah. he was the first guy that ever said I was good on radio, so I clocked him as a fan and thought, I'm going to keep this guy around. Uh, anyway, he came down about 1 o'clock and stayed till 5.30. Wonderful day. Got home 6.30 and had some tea. And then the Swans got back from Perth at about 8 o'clock because at this stage I'm house-sitting Jan Swan's house still. Oh, Jan oh, Swan. Remember her? Loved her. Yes. I was asked to stay the night, so I'm just about to go to sleep as they are also. I didn't want to sit up while they were in bed. Yeah, because that would be freaky, you loser. They're such great people. Jan is so much like a second mother and a close friend, and her husband's great too. My mum will love hearing that. At least I said second mother. See ya, 11.47pm. Cute. So, so they came home and you stayed in the house. I worked out. Why wouldn't you have just gone home the day before? You didn't have a car to get home. Yeah, well, they would have probably said, we don't want to drop you home, will you stay the night? And she I realised. No, but they were in mining. They don't want place. to do things. That's manual labour. <laughs> but Jan actually asked me to house sit their house after six weeks of knowing me, according to this diary. Would you have done that? Yeah, no, what, a 19-year-old just hand over the keys to your house and say, look after my cats, bye. <laughs> but I remember you used to talk about that all the time, about um, how you looked after Jan's place. And I think you looked after it again, or maybe it was Judy Wright. Remember Big Jude? Oh, I love Jude. Yeah, so you might have looked after their place as well because uh, when we got there, there was I used to, because you had that, you like Jan loved you. Jan thought you were the greatest oh, in the world. Loved her back. She was amazing. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Monday, April 3. This was written at 1.25am. You can tell I'm back home in my own house. Hello there. Well, another early night. It's almost sickening. 
It's not really, mate. I got up at 8.30, showered. Jan and I got to work at about 9. I went and got Richie to smack me on the hand for not doing my on this day cart for today. Oops, I forgot. (laughs) Can you imagine me going to Richie saying, you better slap me on the hand. (laughs) Get out of my way. Remember that on this day, on this day, those carts. And that happened on this day. Yeah. And if you didn't cart them, your life was not worth living. You're in trouble. Jan let me her car and I went and did all the shopping for my little fridge. She's well stocked up now. Oh, I've made my fridge a lady. Got home, unloaded everything, put it away, watched some television, and then I moved all my stuff into Glenn's bedroom. I won't be moving again. Next time I'll be moving out and away from Caratha. Yeah, to South Headland. (laughs) (laughs) You can rest assured. I love that I'm so determined about that. Got to work, did some ads. My shift went really well. I had great fun. However, I was really scared walking home to an empty house. (laughs) I was conjuring up all these scary things. Not very nice. Okay, we'll see ya. 1.32 (laughs) a.m. That's so you. And that's that's Glenn McFarlane, isn't it, that you were talking about? Yes, I couldn't remember his last name. It was Glenn Glenn McFarlane. McFarlane, Because I went to Max Rowley's with him and he's. I think he's the one that got me the job uh, the advised them to take me from Max Rowley's. Yeah, right. I love and, that. And you stayed in that bedroom, that big corner bedroom. Remember Ben had the, the big, big blue bedroom. The big blue bedroom. Yeah, the single guy, <laughs> the massive room with the double yeah, and bed. Yeah, the biggest room, you <laughs> big selfish hog. <laughs> I needed room for all those in excess posters. Yeah, exactly. And there was a hierarchy. It's like you had to sort of stay there long to yeah. get the big room. So did yeah. you guys, what room were you in, that little sink? You didn't when, have the single bed. We're right next door to you. We're right next right. door. Right. Well, that, yeah. you wouldn't have heard a thing. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't hear a thing. No, because there was nothing happening. <laughs> well, then, no, there was, wasn't there? Was wasn't there? Didn't Ben come close? Wasn't there? What do you mean come? Close? Oh, there was like. Remember, <laughs> remember Natalie? Remember Natalie? Your friend Natalie? Oh yeah, Natalie. but I that was. But nothing. we thought maybe there was something. Oh, I never touched yeah. a woman. I was total thoroughbred my entire life. <laughs> you, I just used them, them as a, as a handbag. A handbag. Yes, Natalie. Yeah. yeah, still a friend with that. Uh, this is April. Like well, I'm not, I'm not bagging her. No, no, no. I didn't think you were. Uh, this is April 4. It's a Tuesday. I wrote this at 10, 12 p.m. I'm not going to bed yet. I just thought I'd start writing now so I didn't forget to like I sometimes do. Well, I had the 2 till 6 shift today. Woke up at 9.30, rushed around so that I got to work by 10. Richie and I recorded the Caratha shopping guides and the Caratha industrial <laughs> guides. Remember those? Oh, oh. yes. For people that aren't aware, we used to have to not edit those. So you'd have to get your script and do your 10-second bit and then the next person yep. would step in and do their 10-second bit. But yep. There had to be no gaps. Whew, yep. It was very manual labourish. I then did some commercials for the Tambray and some car detailers. Ooh. My shift went incredibly well. I never ran out of things to say. I hardly made any mistakes. It was wonderful. The best shift I've done, I think. I'm so proud of what I did today. <laughs> it, it would have been a fucking abomination. <laughs> Every shift is better and better. But you used to love Not the production. Really. You were like good at the production. Oh, I loved the production. I was all about commercials. I got home just after six and made an enormous curried sausage and vegetable stew. <laughs> Yummy! Rice and <laughs> it was nice and healthy with lots of veggies. I'll just heat some up every night. Keep me going for a couple of days. Oh, well, see ya. 10.29 p.m. How good is a curried vegetable and sausage stew not? Yum. 
Yeah. I wouldn't say no, actually. You know what Helen does these days, even to this day, when mm. I say at three o'clock in the afternoon, oh, what do we have for dinner? Oh, I go, stop being a Ben Wosley. <laughs> That's something I always used to do. I'm obsessed like with food. eight in the morning. What are we going to have for dinner, guys? What's for dinner? We go, oh, for God's sake. And, and then you made us all put on weight because everything, <laughs> you go, we're having heaps of veggies and it'll be ladled with a cream sauce, yeah. a cheese and sauce. It always is in a cheese sauce. Mmm, <laughs> fatty manatti. Wellington. Ooh. Oh, beef Wellington. Oh my god, I forgot about those. Yeah, yeah. that was beautiful. All right, um, this is from Wednesday, April the fifth. Was written at twelve thirty-three a.m. Well, another day, another dollar. <laughs> Got to work at about one o'clock today. Had an enormous parcel from my cousin Nicole waiting for me. It was full of photos, a big letter and a novel for me to read. How excellent. Bloody had two power failures today at work. One of them happened in the middle of me recording an ad, which sucks. Recorded the college show from three to four. Everything went well. Finished off the last few ads and then received a memo saying that Mark Littler was returning and some other stuff. Cindy is really hung up on it. She feels like she's being betrayed in that he'll be doing afternoons and she'll be reduced to nights. It's not as if she's the only one. Anyway, she wants me to come to see Neville tomorrow at midday. I think she's going to extremes, but I'm going to go just to find out. Uh, what really is going to be happening. Night. See ya. 12.45am. I love that Cindy was bent out of shape because Mark Littler, who'd worked there before yeah. and had a reputation like he was a Caratha radio announcer, of course he's going to get yeah. a better shift than you that have been there for just a couple of months. <laughs> but So that was the that was the point of the... Because I miss Richie. Mark Littler was the PD when I got there. Oh, uh, He was right. one that gave me the job. So right. Richie, Richie Orton, wasn't it? He went to the ABC or something. That's right. I uh, forgot that he left. Yeah, and then Mark Littler came along and uh, him and Nev were the dynamic duo. They sure were with their matching perms. I used to love their 80s perms. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mark. I know Mark listens to this, so <laughs> we loved your perm. Don't stress. <laughs> He's rocking it up in cans. Yeah, Come on. Mark. He loves that perm. All right, so uh, this is from April 6th. It's a Thursday. I wrote it at 12.55 a.m. Well... Day off today, got up at 10.30, started writing a letter to Nicole, watched a bit of a television and then at around 20 to 12, Cindy came over and waited till I was ready to come down to the station to talk to Richie about what was happening. It was fab. We had a really good talk. I went into town afterwards and paid the electricity bill and the hire for the video and the television. I hate bills. <laughs> Story of all of our lives. <laughs> had my hair cut at 3.30. From 3 to 25 past 3, I spoke to Dad at work. Good to hear him. After the haircut, I rang Mum at home, had a chat, and then I went to Jeans West and put a heap of clothes on lay-by. He's so fancy. And Lying. then did some grocery shopping. Got home, had tea, went to the station and recorded some music on audio tapes, which I've been meaning to do for ages. Cindy dropped me home. I washed all the dishes and then I've put in brackets a week's worth and now I'm off to bed. <laughs> See ya, 1.03am. I love that living by myself, I've clearly gone, let's not do dishes anymore, they suck. Yeah, so you live by yourself, you had a, that, would have, that sink would have been laden with dishes. Oh, mate, I was not a clean cook. <laughs> that curried oh, sausage scenario. Uh, so with the meeting, so listen, listen. What a Pollyanna are you? You go down to this meeting and it was a great chat. So there was no Machiavellian games or anything. You no. just went, oh, this is nice. Oh, this is lovely. No, no, I would have said no, nothing. Cindy would have stated her case. They would have explained, listen, he's been here longer than all of you. 
just get out of your yeah. high horses. And I would have gone, great, we haven't lost our jobs, yay! <laughs> but was Cindy the one that used to do, you know, we mentioned that university show. The college Didn't show, she, yeah. College. The college show. She uh, stayed on and did that. Didn't she do the college show? I don't know. I think I, she would come in. I feel like she left because remember she used to do a, TV, a kids TV show on GWN yes. as well? I feel like she left yeah. and went off to do TV. Oh, there was, there was who was that? There was a woman that uh, came and did that college show, uh, and that's when I got in trouble off Nev McGrath for uh, saying that kids should get into drugs. <laughs> you came and woke <laughs> me up, and, and I meant to say we, I played that song um, French Kiss, Little Louis. Yeah, remember that song? Yes. And this is before Helen arrived, and I was there, and. You walked in and said, oh, Nev wants to see you uh, in the house. I went, what about? He goes, I don't know. And this is your, I don't know. I'm not your, I'm not your minder. And so I go down and see him and he's got the, the logger tape that plays the, the, the show from the night before. Oh, yeah, because right. you have to record every show for, and keep it for six weeks in case someone complains. That's how radio yeah. works. And, and, and I'm sitting there and he goes, right. And he's got the tape stopped and he, he goes, explain this. And he plays back my, a break that I did and it's got oh, a little Louis on 6KA and it's this thing in the UK, it's this new dance scene where, where people take a lot of drugs and, and dance and uh, you really got to get into it. You know? and, and I'm listening to it. And I, I didn't quite understand what he was, what the problem was. And then he says, right, and he, and he shows me this letter from this lady. Oh, my God. The kids were up and she's worried that I was uh, encouraging them to take drugs. And I said... <laughs> It was at 11.30 at night. <laughs> you know, I wasn't telling him to bong on. And then he goes, right, this is your first warning. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and Helen hadn't even arrived. I'd convinced her to come to Caratha. And before that, I was just getting the sack from every job that I ever worked in. So I remember coming home to you and Russell and saying, please don't tell Helen any of this because she was coming God. the next week. I love that you were I an early promoter out. of ecstasy in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rather a house music scene. Yeah. <laughs> and kids would have been roaming the streets anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is Friday, April 7. No time, so I probably wrote it the following day. What a bummer of a day. Got up nice and early, washed, tidied up, washed my bed sheets and towels and everything else. Was going to put them on the line before I went into work at 2, but they were still wet, hadn't spun yet. I left them, intending to put them out at 4 when I got home. At work, Cindy was interviewing Colleen Hewitt and I had my photo taken with her. I still have that photo. <laughs> she, wow. Yeah. She gave me an enormous kiss. She was such a friendly, funny, wonderful lady. Probably because she kissed me. That made my day. It was all destroyed at 12.30am when I got home from work, suddenly remembering that my sheets were in the wash still. All wet. I put them on the line and waited till they dried, which was not until 5am. Finally got to sleep at about 6. See ya! I love that. <laughs> Normally in Karatha, you'd hang your clothes out and 30 seconds later, they'd be dry. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, April 7 was a chilly night. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was get, it was getting colder around those times. So it would only be 33 degrees. I know. It was relatively wintry. I love how, I love how you waited up all night. Yeah, to you dry. Seems to dry. You couldn't have laid out on a lounge. <laughs> no, apparently not. I also Lay love that. I clearly have no second set of uh, linen. <laughs> I've just got the one. Yeah. <laughs> and that might have been the first time I washed them since I moved there, so let's not talk any further about that. <laughs> and then uh, April the 8th, it's a Saturday. This was written at 3.14am. Don't really feel up to this. I did the bloody request show again from 6 till midnight. 
Bradley came over to help, but the last thing I needed was to do that shift. I'm going to sleep now. 3.16am. Oh, and that's it. Yeah. That's your answer. Helen's disappointed. <laughs> that, Saturday, that Saturday night shift was the worst shift in oh, the history of the world. Talk to that, us about that. that. The running backwards and forwards to get bloody requests from idiots that wanted the random song you'd never bloody find. <laughs> remember, that time, remember that time you bagged Santa never made it into Darwin and you got in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> He said, he said, Bill and Boyd, Santa never made it to Darwin. And he said, oh, that's a dreadful song. And this guy rang up. I was in Cyclone Tracy, how dare you? And you shake yourself. I had to apologise. <laughs> I didn't realise that it was like a tribute. I thought it was just really uh, quite cruel. Like, why would you say that? Because Santa never made it in, you bastards. <laughs> oh, little loser. Well, that's it. Jonesy, oh, Helen. Thank you so much. I can't believe that you sat there with those headphones on like that. Oh, no, my neck, no, I can't. Oh. My neck is starting to, to cram. <laughs> this will be for the next 30 years of marriage. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's yeah. our honeymoon. Why do they both lean to the left and right? Oh, it's because of the headphone yeah. incident. <laughs> glued together permanently. Well, well if, this is great, Ben. I'm so glad you came on it. And obviously I would love to have you back if you want to at any stage. Oh, for sure. Yay. Helen wants to go on every day. I know. Well, I'm just going to do the show with Helen from now on. Yeah, I, think should, a regular I, think, I think bad boy Ben comes out of retirement and works with Helen. Helena Wong's Camina. That's right. You can't say that. You can say that, can you? No, probably not. That was a, no. just for reference, that was a nickname that we, how the hell did we create that in 1990? That we, you made it up. Sure. That was a Ben, that was a Ben Wosley special. Yeah. Right, well, there you go. That's. And I don't know what it was from either. No, but it's. It's an offensive name, so let's never do that again. Oh, you know, it's, yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's mildly offensive. Mildly like offensive, it. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love you both. Oh, Thank you, okay, Ben. You too. I loved hearing your diary. I yeah. love that Helen groaned at the start of that, like, oh, you too. <laughs> Good to see you haven't changed, Helen. <laughs> no, she, she hasn't changed a bit, no. mate, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> In the next episode, Bradley invites me over for a barbecue and to meet his family. What is going on? That ain't the end of it either. Bradley and I also go out for dinner for free after I casually accept a bribe to mention a local restaurant a few times on air in return for said free food. And the not-actually-sexual plot doesn't thicken. And for the record, that is not a euphemism. I get to interview someone with an actual PhD who's written a book, When Am I Going to Be Happy? And props don't learn a thing. I get stroppy with one of my guests and prepare for the arrival of my brand-new radio roomie. I'm also all about trying to help amplify Indigenous voices in every episode. And this time around, we're shining a spotlight on bemycorder.org.au. It's a parent-run support group for Aboriginal families who have children with autism or disabilities, and it's totally run by volunteers. They offer networking, advocacy, and info, and they work to reduce the isolation experienced by parents and the carers whilst encouraging community engagement and befriending. It is such an incredible service. You can find out more by hitting up their website at bemycorder.org.au. That's B-E-M-Y. K-O-O-R-D-A.org.au. Give them some support if you can. As always, my deepest thanks to my audio besties, the enigmatic DJ Dirtbag for all my theme tune synthesizer ruleness, and uh, Jezelenko for all my other audio highlights. 
Have you shared this show with someone you reckon might enjoy it as much as you do? I'm assuming you like it. Uh, if you could, that'd be the best. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and give me a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, though, I am loving you from here. Check it out. See ya, boy.